volatility, uncertainty, complexity. This is the work environment that is our reality. What will leaders need to know to be successful in the future? Who will they need to be to build team member commitment? How will they need to show up to create a motivating environment for their people? Welcome to the Sal Sylvester on the Future of Leadership podcast, a dialogue about how leaders will need to adapt to be successful in a rapidly changing world. And now, please join your host and executive producer, Sal Sylvester, to engage in the conversation about the future of leadership and how to transform people into confident leaders. Hello and welcome to season four of Sal Sylvester on the future of leadership. I am Sal Sylvester, your host and founder and CEO of 512 Solutions, an executive coaching and leadership development firm based here in Boulder, Colorado, helping organizations create healthy, aligned, and more human workplaces. I'm also the founder and CEO of Coach Metrics, a cloud-based tool we developed to measure behavioral change in coaching and leadership development. Thanks for joining me today to talk about the future of leadership. Now, as you may know, season four is about the future of work. It's the future of work season. And as we think about the post-pandemic era, hybrid work environments, how the Delta variants impacted our back-to-office plans and what the future looks like, leaders will need to think and do things differently in terms of how they engage their workforce. So this is our second to last episode. It's my last interview for the season. We'll have a final episode coming up here in a couple of weeks. But today's episode, I am interviewing an amazing executive, an amazing human being. His name is Etienne Bauer. He is the Director of Human Resources at E&J Gallo Winery. And in his role, he's providing strategic HR support to the leadership teams in a number of wineries located across the Central Valley of California. As you may know, E&J Gallo Winery, it's the largest family-owned winery in the world, employing more than 7,000 people worldwide. For the past five years, Glassdoor has selected E&J Gallo Winery as one of the top 100 best places to work. Etienne started his career as a professional rugby player in South Africa. He's an incredibly inspiring human being. I think you're going to love his point of view about the future of work and bringing your head heart and hands to the workplace. Let's go to the interview with Etienne now. Etienne, just so great to connect with you and have you on the show today. Thank you, Sal. It's great being here and thanks for inviting me. You got it. Well, we've all been through so much over these last 18 months and we're pretty quickly approaching two years here. I'm, I'm curious what you've noticed in the workplace in terms of how have employees' attitudes changed about how they think about work and what they expect from their employers? Yeah, definitely something that we all have been you know, thinking about and working through over the last two years or so in new ways than we've had before. When I think about that question, so I can't help myself thinking about training that a couple of years ago, I was a participant in called zero incident process training or zip training, which is a safety mm -hmm. behavioral training. And one of the concepts during that training that resonates with me probably now more than ever before is the concept that as human beings, we think about our world and what's happening with us and around us. That makes us feel a certain way. So it's the head and then the heart. We feel about it in a certain way. And how we feel about it 
makes us act in a certain way or react in a certain way. It drives our behaviors. So if you think about the question around attitudes and how we think about work, I think this model today is, even in this case, very applicable in the sense that how we think about our work today drives our attitudes, manifests itself in certain behavior. Now, if you then ask me, how do I think attitudes have changed about work? I think amongst others, and I think we've all experienced this in some way or the other, for me, the big takeaways are the following. I think we we think differently and we have different attitudes around the meaning of work. What is meaningful work? Hmm. And that is not necessarily the same that we felt about it a couple of years ago. And I think there's a shift around the importance of feeling that we're doing meaningful work when we are at work. The second attitude I think that's changed is the ability or the perceived ability or inability to do my work well, being effective, and my ability to respond to current and new challenges. And that leads us to either then act in a way where we either have a fight or flight reaction mm. and a stay or play. So do we do I fight? Do I fly, flight, if you would, or flee? And if I stay, how do I stay? How do I play? And I think that drives behaviors in the workplace more than ever before is that perceived ability of how I am effective at work and, and how I can manage my circumstances. The, the third concept is responsibility. We are all responsible for our work. That's never changed. And it, will, it, it has always been the same. However, with responsibility, we're now asking the question, the shifting attitude around how much control do I have over what I do, but also how I do my work. And I think that's a key shift, Cell, is the control not over about what we do and therefore having that responsibility for our work but how we work has significantly mm. changed. And I think that sense of control or the lack thereof has a big impact on attitudes and behaviors in the workplace. I'll also call out that company values have always been important to most people. You know, the, the alignment between a company value and a personal value. I think team members out there today in general, there's a stronger correlation, a different attitude, a renewed focus on do my personal values truly align with company values? And do I see the company values actually being manifest itself in the workplace? Can I actually see it happening practically on a day-to-day -day basis? Which leads to relationships. Relationships at work and home. I think there's a shift in attitude around how we think and act around relationships at work and at home. And the significance these relationships have on on us as human beings and the quality of these relationships cell has shifted. I think people might argue relationship has always been important. Correct. But I think the shift is the quality of those relationships. Um, there's a shift there, a bigger meaning to the quality thereof, which to close off my answer to this question is the shift in attitude around the sense of belonging. What do I belong to? What is my brand? And what do I associate myself with from a branding perspective and that sense that I fit in, that I'm still okay, that I'm included, that I'm recognized as an individual, and that I can be myself hmm. when I'm at work. And I think those are the things that people are asking more and more of. And how we respond to it is selling, I think, in the culture 
that we are creating and, and hopefully building in our organizations around the world as, as leaders. Yeah. Wow. That's a, I, I love that. It's just such a deep answer at the end. So people want meaningful work. There's this sense of fight or flight or stay and play an element of people want control over not what just, not just what they do, but how they go about doing it. And then the quality of relationships and belonging starts to get, it's always been important, but there's a deeper sense of importance that you're noticing in the workplace today. I think so. Yes. Yeah. It's not just about the job anymore, is it? It's not. It is really yeah. about, I think the, the whole being, we are, yes. we are whole beings, right? Mm-hmm. We are ahead, hands and heart when we yeah. are at work and not, yeah. you know, one or the other. Hmm. And people want to bring their whole self to work. That's been a common theme that we've heard from other people on this podcast throughout this season. And as leaders, we have to be able to create that environment for people. Value, pretty posters of values on the wall don't matter anymore. There has to be some real meaning. Enron's first value was integrity. Like if they don't mean anything, then it's just BS. Right. And people are looking for something much deeper than that at work today. How should, or what's your advice to an enterprise or an organization? How should they be preparing for these shifts and, or what should they be doing to consider these shifts? Yeah, no, I think if we build on this theme, you know, of, you know, think, feel, do, I think what we need to understand is, as enterprises, which by the way, I believe if we talk about an enterprise, we actually talk about leaders and how we yeah. act and we act as leaders in the organization. We need to understand and acknowledge very importantly that people are whole beings and that they do have feelings. You know, I remember, you know, had my first real job and, and years consequent to it in a very tough working environment. I grew up in the mining industry, if you would, which is a tough, hard working environment. It always has been. You know, there was this motto that, you know, leave your emotions at the door when you come to work, you know, leave it at the door. And I think there's a shift. We need to understand, you know, as leaders representing our, our constituencies and our companies, that can't be true anymore. Now, what we don't want to do is is have emotions in the workplace that obviously becomes destructive or distracting, but you have to channel it and you have to manage it. You have to lead uh, people through those challenges in order to harness it, rather, turn it into a positive, turn it into an an, an advantage, if you would, and not ignore it or pretend that it doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. I think the other shift that needs to take place in how we respond is with the concept around vulnerability. Yeah, I think we need to be okay with vulnerability. We can be vulnerable and effective at the same time. And by the way, we all have vulnerabilities. I don't think there's anyone that don't have any vulnerabilities, which then ask us to lead or respond with humanity. You and I have spoken about this many times before, and I think you said it more adequately than I can. Bring humanity back into leadership. And I think that's more true than ever before. I think the other concept in terms of how we respond to it is we need to therefore view and lead our team members as a whole. We spoke about it. It's a whole being. You bring your your mind, your heart, and your hands, everything to work when you come to work. 
You know, here's an example that I think about when I think about this. Once again, very prevalent in the mining industry globally, being such a tough and hazardous working environment. What we always started every single conversation or meeting with is a safety contact or a safety lesson that we shared. Every conversation started with that. And the reason why we did that was, amongst others, is create that mental frame of mind that it is important. You know, your safety and well-being is important. And we are caring for each other from that perspective in how we work. So if we turn that concept, that same concept of care and what is important into today's circumstances around the uncertainty and the challenges that we face and the new reality, if you would, why don't we start our conversations with asking people how they feel? Hmm. In what place am I meeting you right now? Where are you? Before we jump into the work and starting to talk about work and deliverables and, and project plans and Gantt charts, let's just pause for a moment and ask that question because if we do, it also brings some meaning to the fact that we care about each other and, yeah. and we will portray it in our actions and our words, which very often is so much more meaningful to share that, that emotion and where we are and where you're meeting me at this point in time. I had a personal experience, which you are quite aware of, in a previous role that I had, where as a leadership team, we were going through a very, very challenging time. And the comfortability of being vulnerable and starting every conversation with that question took time to get used to. But once we did, the consequence of it was extraordinary in terms of the effectiveness and the trust that we started to build in that team. Right. And you can't be effective without trust. And, and I think that was the key there. Leaders, I believe so. Leaders create the culture and culture drives the performance. I think it's a Maxwell quote, by the way. Yeah. But I just love that quote. Leaders create the culture and culture drives the performance. Now, if that's true, and I believe it is, then successful change or sustaining a culture, a high-performing culture is all dependent on leaders and what leaders do at work, which means that as a company, I probably need to go back and focus on leadership, my framework and my leadership model. Is my leadership framework and model and who I promote and how I support my leaders in the organization, how I train them, is it still adequate and appropriate for today's circumstances in leading people in the workplace? Mm-hmm. Maybe we need to challenge ourselves around the fact that maybe we need different skills and abilities and capabilities today than what we needed you know, two, three, four, five years ago. We need to lead differently in a changing environment. And I don't think we are really comfortable yet in our skin around adopting new ways of leading. And now, why is that important? Well, once again, if the leaders create the environment for individuals and teams to be successful, then we need to redefine what success looks like, which means we need to lead differently around these concepts and think differently around our leadership footprint and our own behaviors in the workplace when we show up to the workplace and interact with our teams. Yeah. Going back to your model, as leaders are trying to make this shift to this new way of leading, and I think you're right. I I do think that there are some pretty major shifts that leaders have to make. That concept of think, feel, do, it's a great starting point. The old model of leave your emotions at the door just doesn't work anymore. And there's a distinction between being emotional and allowing emotions to be part of our work experience. We're human beings. And you and I have talked about 
this concept in my next book coming out is about creating a deeply human workplace, but vulnerability is part of that. Care is part of that. Connection is part of that. And people, in your words, want to bring their mind, their hearts, and their hands. I, I, lo- I love that. Let me ask you one last question, Etienne. And it's really about if those are some of the shifts that leaders need to make, and those are very insightful, by the way, I love that. How do teams need to adapt? And especially as we're now finding many teams in this hybrid environment, which it's easier when people are remote, it's easier when people are all together, but in the hybrid world, and I know you've been working in that world for quite some time now, how, how do teams need to start to adapt to this future? Of yeah, work? great question. Great question, Sal. Thank you for asking that. The way I look at this is, I think generally speaking, and maybe I'm oversimplifying this a little bit, but historically, we were very focused on managing individual performance, you know, individual success. And we are very focused and have been functioning, most of us, in cultures where the individual's contribution and individual success is really the driver, which then we we believe that there's a strong correlation if that's the case, that we have a number of strong individual performers, that the team will be successful and that the team will be efficient. I think that theory has been turned on its head yeah. in the last two years. Not that individual performance doesn't matter anymore and that it's not important anymore. Of course it is. But I think the way we approach work and we approach leadership and how we lead people uh, and manage work is a little bit different in the sense that I think there's a stronger correlation nowadays that if you are part of a successful team, and if the team is efficient and successful, there's a high likelihood that more individuals will also be successful. So I want to be part of a successful team, which give me a bigger opportunity or rate of success, if you would, versus the other way around. Now, let's remember, if you talk about a team, we always know this, that a team is only as strong as its weakest link. Mm. Now, if that's true, then yes, skill, ability, and competency and work ethic is still very important uh, considerations when you want to be a successful team. But I think we also nowadays need to include more and as well the emotional, mental stability of individuals within the team, which contributes to the overall health of the team. So how do we measure overall health of the team, which is the sum total arguably of the health of the individuals within that team, which is more than just, as I said, skill, ability, and competency. Yeah, Teams is not only driven by the measure of success based on results and output, the what. So yes, the what we deliver as teams have always been important and will re- be important. We, we are driven by results and action. But I also think, similarly to my previous comment, we also need to understand and appreciate how team members contribute and how they feel about contributing to the team's success and have that sense of belonging and purpose while they're doing so. And really, truly, so can we honestly say that we foster an environment of a sense of belonging and a sense of purpose when, you be, when you're part of a team and you work on the what without having care and support within the team, the how? Yeah. So how we go about as a team delivering the results is as important as how we do it within the team and how we take care of each other and support each other within a team. And then on to conclude, I think teams more than ever before need to understand that the team members' strengths and abilities 
are very important to understand. You know, we talk about Balban, Strength Finder, all of these type of, of profiles, and we, we've always been in that space. I think more than ever before, we really truly need to understand how people prefer to work. Mm-hmm. What do they bring to the, to the yeah. team? What do they bring to the table? And how do we optimize efficiency within that team through our individual team members' contribution? If I may use this phrase, let's make sure we don't leave anyone behind yeah. or feel that they're not included. Mm. And once again, the theme of vulnerability, do we allow vulnerability in the team? Are we okay with vulnerability within the team? Not disruptive, dis- distracting vulnerability, but constructive, empowering vulnerability where we all know I have your back, you have mine, we care for each other, we support each other, and this is truly a safe place. And then to conclude, that can only happen when there's a high level of trust in the team. And therefore, I want to almost put a bow on it and say, if we don't put more time and effort in building trust and maintaining that trust levels in our teams, all of these things will never truly come to fruition because without trusting each other and knowing each other, we're going to continue to ebb and flow between that fight and flight stay and play emotions. Hmm. Etienne, you're an incredible human being. Thank you so much for being on the show today. And I look forward to seeing where this goes for you. Take Thank care. you so Appreciate you. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Sal Sylvester on the Future of Leadership podcast. You can get session notes on our website at 512solutions.com. That's the numbers 512solutions.com. Please follow and like the podcast on iTunes or wherever you're tuning in. And if you want to learn more about how we can help transform your people into confident and action-oriented leaders, please check out our website at 512solutions.com. I look forward to continuing the conversation about the future of leadership. I'm out.